Welcome to this edition of the Succeed in AP. My name is Jim Conley, and I'm just so thrilled to be here with you today for a solo show. And it's going to be a controversial one, but I'm hoping in the controversy around it, I can be helpful in terms of solutioning around something you might be struggling with, maybe, maybe not. Uh, if you're not struggling with this, maybe sometime you will. Um, and I hope that you don't, but, uh, you know, things happen, as you, as we all know here on the instructional side. So here's what I want to talk about. Let's say all of a sudden you have your laboratory set up, so this is a common thing, and all of a sudden you find out that the specimens that you're going to dissect, they're not available. So you have the shortage, and I'll talk specifically about one that keeps coming up, it seems like, every year, which is the shortage of cats for the AMP laboratory. So, like I mentioned, every year it seems like it comes up. Uh, sometimes it's a big issue, sometimes it's not. It can be a geographic situation. But now all of a sudden you're hit with the specimen that you've been using for a long time, or maybe even not that long. It's gone, so what do you do? So, recently I got an email from a professor out in the field, and this happened to them, and they were like, okay, now what do I do? How am I going to solve this? And is there anything that you guys at McGraw-Hill can do to help us? And so I wrote back with a bunch of my recommendations. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. So if this happens to you, or if you know someone that's in the same situation, you can be helpful for them as well. So all of a sudden you have the decision which is going to affect your strategy. And I think that's the big thing when you look at what happens in these conditions is you have to really rethink your strategy. You're going to have to make some change um, and it's a matter of, like, what change do you want to make? Will it be a long-term change? Is it a short-term change? These are always the considerations that you have. So the first and most obvious thing that you can do is you can either keep looking for other sources, other suppliers, you know, for that specimen. So we use the cat as the example today. So you can keep looking around for the cats that you might be wanting to find. But let's say that dries up. What you could do is you could say, now I might change my specimen altogether. So you could change over maybe to the fetal pig as an example. That's probably another common one. Other uh, specimen that I've heard of out there that will be choices for you might be the rat. Or you could use minks, rabbits. There's a lot of different things. Um, I think in terms of availability of resources, the fetal pig is probably the most um, common one out there. Um, there's a lot of fetal pigs out in the market, so you could possibly go down that road. And then, you know, with that in mind, if you do change your specimen, then you're likely going to have to look at some of the lab materials, whether it be lab worksheets, lab manuals, workbooks, anything that you have that way, you're going to have to do some rework. And obviously here at McGraw-Hill, you know, we're here to help you out with that. Now, the second one, and the reason why I started off this show as a, somewhat of a controversial thing is you could change your strategy altogether and you could say maybe I might go down the road of virtual labs or offering a specimen uh, virtually versus that physical specimen. And in the show notes, I'm actually going to link out to an article titled A Reluctant Change for the Better. And it's authored by a good friend of mine, Richard Allen Jones, down at Texas A&M. He's a wonderful professor who just recently went through the same scenario where all of a sudden he didn't have access to his cats. So they went through a process of figuring out how to help um, their students better. And what I love about this article, and I'll link out to it, is Richard did go through the process with his colleagues. And I really love um, what he said at the end of the article. And he said, as a result of all of our changes, our students are getting a better education. And then obviously states very well, we all have this goal of, as an educator, 
We want to make sure that we give the best experience to our students. And he obviously is worried about, um, you know, taking things in a different direction. I think we all are. But the article does a great job of talking through that. And Richard, if you're listening, um, we're definitely going to have you on the show to talk a little bit more about your process and then also where you're at today so we can kind of benchmark um, for the audience you know, how this went. But here's what Richard did. So they went through and they started looking at um, alternate resources, virtual dissection software out in the market, assessment strategies, and uh, I'll put a plug in here for the company that I work for, uh, McGraw-Hill Education. We actually have uh, Anatomy and Physiology Revealed, which is a virtual cadaver dissection. We also have a couple of other specimens that you might um, potentially be interested in. We have one that focuses on the cat as a primary specimen, and then there's one that's the fetal pig where you actually get to peel away the layers of the skin and get down to the musculature bones, different things like that. It's a wonderful, wonderful tool for the human cadaver, for the cat, and then for the fetal pig. So that's an option for you is to look at digital in that environment. And I know in talking to Richard, at least through his article and some of the other conversations that we had, anatomical models are used in the laboratory as well. And that's an opportunity for a brand new product that we publish called the Practice Atlas for Anatomy and Physiology. That's something that students can access that on their phone. They could also um, access that online, either through a tablet or through their Connect license. But that's an opportunity as well to do um, the anatomy work that you might do in the laboratory with a specimen. Um, you can do actually a, a view or a, a reference point with the cadaver and then also the anatomical model. Wonderful solution that way. I think you can also look at your assessments. So this is where Connect Anatomy and Physiology will provide you an opportunity. So one of the things that we have in our software is we have CAD images for the Martin Lab series. We have fetal pig images for the uh, Martin Lab series. We have model images, that's in our course-wide content, and that's where we're gonna have 121 different questions based on anatomical models that you could use. We also have the Practice Atlas uh, question bank that's in our course-wide content that's available for our customers to use as well. Um, as an offering to say, here's another way that you can maybe get to the anatomical piece of your course and really figure out if that's the, the direction you wanna take it in the absence of that specimen. It's worth noting there's a lot of simulation software out there. Um, I know we're talking about the specimens, so typically that's gonna relate to the anatomy piece. But if you're looking at digital solutions, obviously one of the things that we provide is Learn Smart Labs or the Physiology Interactive Lab simulations. Two other possible areas that you could explore for the physiology side of things. And then there's a lot of other um, equipment manufacturers out there like Biopack, AD Instruments, iWorks. They all offer something physically that you can use from a physiology standpoint. So there you have it. It's just a quick solo show. I wanted to hit the, the nail on the head here for the specimen shortage. And I hope that uh, you are not in that situation. But if you are, there's maybe a couple of ideas that you could potentially use um, to kind of solution around your current situation. And what I'll offer is either myself as a resource or your McGraw-Hill sales representative. They can be helpful in the process. And then also a plug for the Human Anatomy and Physiology Society. They have a wonderful discussion board. So if you're struggling with something like this or um, other aspects like this down the road, that's another area where you can sign up, become a member. We're members here at McGraw-Hill. We firmly believe in that organization and what they do. But there's a discussion board that you can subscribe to where you can throw ideas like this out there and get solutions. Also here at McGraw-Hill, we uh, support and sponsor a website called I Teach Anatomy and Physiology. 
again, another community where you can go ask some of these important questions. And then through the community, people will suggest different solutions um, that they maybe have used um, with great success or limited success, but to give you a perspective um, to solution around some of the things that you might be struggling with. So there you have it. That's the solo show for today. Um, I want to thank each and every one of you for listening to this episode of the Succeed in A&P. Uh, we'll be back here next week. And if you have show ideas or if there's something that I didn't cover today that uh, you want to hear a little bit more about in terms of the specimen shortage and how we can be a better steward in the community to solve it, um, send those along to me. I'm curious to see what your ideas might be. And I just want to thank each and every one of you for listening here to this episode of the Succeed in A&P. Have a great day.